Stick em up. Yeah, it's me. Smart ass the weasel. If you don't give the whereabouts of the rabbit, you better be ready to him scray. Or else my brothers are going to turn you into Swiss cheese. We heard the rabbit was heading to Florida. The boss didn't like that. That's right, Mr. Spielberg. Hasn't been seen yet. Heard these two doofy podcast boys might have some answers. So you better listen and come back to spill some details. Or else we spill some dip on the, let's say, innocent mice. Very important mice. I chatted to think about the consequences. <laughs> Knock it off! So go, aim, scray, get to it. And don't go to that detective valiant unless you want the big cheese to get sliced. <laughs> Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. How are you doing today? I'm I'm doing good. I'm doing great. Mm-hmm. It's late. We're doing a late night show today. A little late, uh, yeah. Yeah, which means I can swear, is what you said. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but <laughs> sure, sure, why not? <laughs> no, and we're recording this a little earlier than usual. Um, you're actually going out of town. You're going on vacation. Uh, I'm going to Columbia. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. I have a friend who teaches uh, English down there, and uh, I thought that's eh, the one time I can ever probably go there and uh, have like a tour guide. So that's really cool. Yeah, there you go. So, um, mm-hmm. this is the last episode of Unbuilt. Uh, okay. <laughs> we have to spend the rest of the money picking me up for ransom. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> all the anchor or audible yeah. money or whatever. Right. Yeah. It'll just be like, you know, poured right into them and they're gonna be like, that's it. <laughs> and and then they'll kill you. Yeah, that's I right. Guess yeah. Is what will we'll say we 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 we've taken the the lead mm-hmm. on boardwalk talk and I'll say, No, 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 I'm not on that. I don't do that no, anymore. No, 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 no. And then they'll yeah. kill me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they, uh, they thought I was Ryan O'Reilly. So I, I, Oh, I see. I see. It was worth a lot more money when and I And then was I gotta Ryan fly O'Reilly. down there to hell. That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah that yeah, we could do a whole episode. Oh, live from Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to keep one upping ourselves. We started yeah. in Las Vegas, and now we'll go no, down I, to to the the coffee region. I, I don't remember if there's any like stuff there. I'm sure there is. So there but... is a theme park there. I don't know okay. the name of it. I, I was sent a picture of it, and in fact, I think I might. I don't know if I'll end up in the area, but there is a theme park, and it's it's actually worth looking up. Um, because a mm-hmm. lot of it is just open air walking spaces. I, it's interesting. I, I was explained. That there are some kind of uh, theme park attractions there, but it's not the same. What I do know, though, is that as like as I'm sure you know, being a, a person who's been to Disney World, Disney World is incredibly popular down there. Though, like people, right. yeah. that like people want to go to America for Disney World, right? Um, and that's the thing; they all like the Brazilians go there, right? Right. right. That's that's the whole thing. I- I'm looking up some photos right now. It's Columbia. 
It's like a coffee theme park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. It looks like it looks like pretty standard theme park. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. No. It's our cultural exports are it's like there's average a, theme park. There's a Gerslauer roller coaster. That's that's pretty cool. I like <laughs> that. Besides that, uh, you know, there was the um they wanted to build a Disneyland in Brazil for a long time. <laughs> but like there's not enough to do an unbuilt on it because Literally, all it is is just rumors of, hey, did you hear Disney always wanted to build a theme park down there? Hmm. And that's it. Like, I, I wish there was more information out there. Yeah, it would be an but, interesting idea, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it wouldn't, I mean, you've, if you can build in Hong Kong and Shanghai, you can probably right. build in South America. Exactly. Um, regardless of the government, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. I really uh, wish you the best of luck down there oh, and hope you have you. a lot of fun. Everyone has been wishing me a lot of luck. I feel like I should be scared. <laughs> Everyone's first response is, well, good luck and enjoy it and be careful. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I didn't get that when I was going to Disneyland. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I've barely been overseas. Or, I mean, technically, that's not overseas, but it is yeah. another continent. I used to go over AC, right? Maybe the Gulf yeah. or uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> south of Florida. Right. But, I mean, I had to get my passport for this. Like, this is of course you do. The first, uh, first of first ever leaving the country fun fun yeah you can look at me everyone as the audience of what happens when you only go to disney world for your (laughs) vacations but in the meantime (laughs) uh let's first before we get on to our main topic continuing our hooray for hollywood series let's Mm -hmm. continue by going on to something that was not built anymore Welcome to Universal Studios Hollywood, the entertainment capital of L.A. All right, here we are for our Not Built Anymore segment, the first time we've done this in quite a while, but uh, that's because over at Universal Studios Hollywood, uh, the special effects stages and animal actors shows have closed. You've been to Universal Studios Hollywood once. Yes. Did you yeah. go to these shows? I'm going to be honest. I didn't know it existed. Oh. Uh, but also, is, was it on the upper or lower lot? It was on the upper lot. Okay. Yeah, I didn't spend much time on the upper lot. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I remember there was just Simpsons there. <laughs> <laughs> the Animal Actors show, I believe, started in amphitheater around either the 70s or the 80s. Um, for a little brief while, they tried to do some synergy with uh, Animal Planet, uh, mm. and it was called Animal Planet Live. And then it reverted back to Universal uh, Animal Actors in the late 2000s. And it was a pretty standard animal show. Have you seen the one in Florida? No, no, I haven't. No, like I haven't seen any of the shows. I've never seen a show at Universal. Wow. Yeah. I've Not only even been Water once. Not, Not even only been once. Yeah. Um, so it was like a mad rush to the attractions. Oh, wow. That That is something to think about, I guess. Like, I think in terms of Disney, I'm not the average consumer. But with Universal, mm-hmm. I think I pretty much am. It's a dash for attractions. You get one day. 
and it's your once in a lifetime trip. I mean, Universal Studios Hollywood doesn't have very much to do. Or That's true. At least it used to not have that much to do. So I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think I went. There was it was Simpsons, Transformers, Jurassic Park. I didn't even know Waterworld was there. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I, I think I was like 10 years old or 12 years. Oh wow! So, uh, I don't remember how young I was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Animal Actor Show. It's kind of a like this cute show with animals. It hasn't been updated in like 10 or 20 years. Yeah, but it, it, it people love it. You know the the person. Uh, like for the birds to put up like a dollar, like a bird comes and catches it. And then the trainer, of course, puts it in their pocket as if they just stole this guy's money. But the bird takes the, you know, dollar back, you know, kind of cute, fun little tricks. And then, and then the animals like do like a thing where they're going about the stage and everything's careening out of control. The dogs do tricks and that's cute. Uh, the special effects stages, however, it's a little more interesting because that takes place in the Castle Theater. The Castle Theater has been there for years and years. It's uh, been there since the 60s, I believe. Hmm. And it was first like a Castle Dracula show. And then it was like a Conan the Barbarian show. And they they had a numerous shows in there. They had a Spider-Man musical show, Spider-Man Rocks. Which is interesting. Uh, that was in the day where uh, Universal had some partnerships with Marvel before Disney owned it. They also had the Creature from the Black Lagoon, the musical. Oh, cool. Have you have you heard about this one? I, the musical? Yeah. It was, no, I didn't. Okay, actually. it was this um, uh, musical that they created just for the park, based on the Creature from the Black Lagoon, hmm. and it was really bad. Oh, well, I mean, that's, it was a yeah. rock musical with edgy adult jokes in a theme park for families. That, yeah, that's not surprising. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. If you if you have the chance, you have to check this thing out. It's very strange. Uh, <laughs> uh, what the special effects stages was uh, it, in the lower lot, they used to have this show called The World of Cinemagic. And it was the show that it was uh, three stages that the audience would actually get up and leave and go to the next one. So it was kind of like you sat down and there was a partition and you'd watch one part of one of uh, show for about 20 minutes the curtain would raise you would go to the next stage and the partition would come back down you'd watch the middle show the curtain would go back up and you would watch the last show and it was a 60 minute show but you were constantly moving from stage to stage so they would be able to get more capacity in there and it was uh, the first thing was uh, a special effects demonstration uh, featuring Back to the Future. And hmm. then you would go on to a makeup seminar. Sometimes it would be horror. And I believe for a while it was um, the Nutty Professor because, you know, they had, they had that crazy makeup to make Eddie Murphy into all the different characters. Hmm. The last one was a fully show. Uh, are you familiar with the monster sound show at Disney MGM? I, I think we've talked about it once or twice, like mm-hmm. just in passing. Uh, okay. Uh, you know what Foley is though. Yeah. Just for like yeah. creating sound effects. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it was yeah. pretty, pretty much the same thing. You would have uh, a bunch of people come up on stage and they cool. would play a clip uh, from a movie and you would have to recreate the sound effects. Oh, that's neat. For that. You know, very cute stuff. And I mean, 
I believe Foley is one of the easiest crowd pleasers ever. Because if you've ever seen these, what it pretty much is, the comedy comes from you watch a scene and it has the correct Foley sound. And Mm. then you get a bunch of people needing to do it. However, pretty simple. You make it to where uh, one person is in charge of a lot of different sounds. So you have like a, you know, a slide wheel or, and you have like drums and you have, you know, a shaker, but they're all on different sides of the stage. And they're like, you're in charge of this, this, and this. So when you have to go for this, this, and this, that's when you go. And of course they're not professionals they are just average tourists at a theme park right. so everything is off and it's off key and you play it and it's really funny because everything <laughs> is in the wrong space and sometimes you'll even have them do adr where it's like a yelp like yeah <laughs> and you know and, and it's like a kid doing so yeah and it comes out of a character you would never sound like that again easiest crowd pleaser ever you have them yeah. eating out of the palm of your hands well in 2010 uh, this closes along backdraft to make room for Transformers to ride. And they bring it up to the upper lot and they bring it up to this castle theater. And no longer is it just like, uh, you know, boom, 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 just go from one soundstage to the other. It's just one show that you watch on stage. And for a while, it actually became a stunt base, but it never, you know, it's not really working. It was kind of a weird show. It was all about old effects versus new effects. So because we're in the age of CGI, it's kind of boring. So they mm-hmm. would highlight a bunch of old effects like rear projection and map paintings and stuff like that. And uh, I remember uh, a joke that they would often do is like, and now the art of CGI. And then they would show like a bunch of boring footage of people like typing on computers. <laughs> and, uh, I remember for a long time being like, why don't they have the Foley segment? It's the one thing that people still do in Hollywood. And it's funny. And yeah, it's really neat yeah. too. Like it just looks weird. Even mm-hmm. like professional Foley work just looks odd. Right. And they finally added it. Like, I think like seven years into the run of the show, they finally added it. Uh, it finally ended this January. Uh, and I, I find it interesting that not only did they get rid of two capacity eating shows, um, but the magic of the movies behind the scenes stuff is sort of going away for more attractions. And this is what I was wondering on your perspective of, do, do you find that stuff interesting or just it's, it's had its day and not anymore. Um, you know, I, I find that stuff in, interesting, like independently, but I, I can kind of feel the tide shifting away from that kind of stuff mm-hmm. uh, in like the modern populace, you know, where I guess to keep it short, you know, I think that the age of movie stars is kind of dying the age right. of, you know, studios being a meaningful indicator of quality or something like that is dying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not surprised that audiences are more and more I don't know, disinterested in like behind yeah. the scenes stuff. I mean, Hollywood Studios basically took the big plunge away from behind the scenes stuff first, mm-hmm. right? Seemingly. Yeah. Um, and Universal is a little different because that, excuse me, Universal is a little different because that is like an active studio still, right? It isn't mm-hmm. just like a fake studio built in right. Florida um, to do secondary stuff. This is a Universal Studios is still pretty big. Um, 
But yeah, I can kind of see why audiences are just not attached to that anymore. The 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 inherent wonder of how movies are made is right. obfuscated by number one, the fact that we basically have movie cameras in our pockets. You know, mm-hmm. we're all super connected to the movie making process. Yeah. And and number two, just that I don't know, people don't care. Like yeah. all the Marvel movie stuff is done behind closed doors. Right. Um and mm-hmm. is the less intrusions you get, the better is kind of how people feel. So Right. And the thing is that for a while the reason why this was sort of like going away mm-hmm. was because DVDs started becoming a thing and they would have their behind the scenes documentaries. That's that's right. that's why like the magic of the movies kind of like dissipated a little. And that and of course the rise of CG, it kind of made it less magical. Like in Disney MGM, there the, the thing that I do miss is that there is a bit of a tactical quality to it to where uh, somebody could feel like they're getting part of that movie magic where they would get on the B from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and, you know, they would be in front of the blue screen and they mm. would chroma key them in. The problem is that anybody can chroma key nowadays. Exactly. You just have right. to get some green fabric and that's it. Even even now, you don't even need to do that. Green is like yeah, that's true. I use sometimes use purple, but you know it's like any any you can do it on your phone. Like Snapchat probably has a filter that does more than those videos do. Right, exactly. I mean, for God's sake, Zoom does it. Oh yeah, does it with anything? No, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, you can you get those digital backgrounds, and that that's it. And no, it, it, everybody was people, doing that. Everybody was doing that in 2020. So, right. I yeah. mean, people are so connected to the the magic is going away because it's so accessible. You know, like like in the 50s, I guess you have like Tinseltown and Golden Hollywood because even the movies were extravagant. And then mm-hmm. in the 70s, that goes away because you have the small group of new Hollywood filmmakers bringing Hollywood down to the masses. Like you still have Hollywood. Um, but it certainly wasn't as restricted. Like the movies of Scorsese are not the movies of the fifties. Right. And then you just keep going and going and going and it keeps getting smaller and smaller and smaller to the point where I guess I hate to do it, but the, the point where Kyle Edward ball, right. Made his movie on 15 K with a, <laughs> a, a camera and he's pulling $800,000 in his first weekend. Right. It, exactly. it, it, it's a different era. It's a different mm-hmm. age. So right. who cares about how you make the movie now? Cause you could make the same movie unless you're Marvel and no one wants to see a bunch of overworked, underpaid, and abused animators uh, working on uh, 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 fights two years before the movie's made. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like we haven't even written the script yet. Now, much yeah, that's right. Feige and his that's that <laughs> some someone lost their wife over the Modoc model that everyone's making fun of. <laughs> Their 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 marriage fell apart. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Someone's marriage fell apart to get that on screen. I'm still looking for Damn Man Three. I'm sorry. I'm not. I I'm not. I don't have to destroy that one. Seemingly, (laughs) it's destroying itself. I think it is interesting though to watch Universal get a new character, like a new personality, Mm -hmm. especially ever since Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter. I mean, this isn't a genius take, but I think Harry Potter is a big pivot point, not only in it's, Orlando. It's a pivot but, point for theme parks in general. That's right. Yeah. There was a real, like, real, uh, uh, a real decision there to start building hyper immersive familiar worlds. Right. And um, yeah, it's, it's kind of sad to see all of these. You know, you're talking about the Hollywood stuff. I know you wanted to make a mention of Kid Zone at some point, but these non specific 
open experiences that kind of attempt to deliver uh, ideas and feelings that are separate from the property, I guess. Like Kid Zone had properties, right? But and so did these other oh, things, reflected right. famous movies. But yeah, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the Simpsons land. It wasn't Harry Potter land. Well, it it's was... interesting you should say that. But uh, before we get to Kid Zone, okay, yeah, I do want to mention the gun. that the replacement for this hasn't been announced yet but are are you aware of what it's rumored to be i heard something actually i don't remember but i do remember there there was something floating around on twitter this is like i so finally things are cracking because i think somebody said something and i didn't okay it it is a roller coaster i remember hearing that yeah and it is a roller coaster based on fast and furious that i didn't know um yeah that's an option i guess (laughs) That's an option. Fast and Furious uh, is so lame. It's, it makes for a good is roller it, coaster idea. So. Do they just have? Is it really that good? Like, does Fast and the Furious really that it's very, profitable? Yes, it's, it's a billion dollar earning franchise. Right, I have a question. Yeah. Fast and the Furious. Is, is, so, is is uh, if I'm am I correct in saying that Transformers is under Paramount or is that under Universal? It is under Paramount. Uh, Universal has. Uh, purchased the theme park rights that's so weird anyways so with fast and the furious that is under universal though correct? that is correct yes okay yeah i mean i guess if people like fast and the furious i don't know it sucks but who cares <laughs> I mean, maybe the ride good. will be great if yeah, it's not it supercharged you know it can only right. get better than that yeah it's it's gonna be a roller coaster that goes as we know the universal studios hollywood is on a hill oh that's has right yep. two portions and these two shows were on the cliff of the hill the idea is that this coaster will rock it off and then descend the hill and come back up yes i did hear about that i yes. did hear about that yeah i mean universal hollywood is becoming a bit of a powerhouse mm-hmm. there's the what is it it's a hogsmeade there yeah, and then Super Nintendo Land, not including Super Nintendo World. Is that what it's called? Super Land Nintendo World. World and yeah, there you go. <laughs> most likely Donkey Kong will. You was gonna say along, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. If if in the case the Donkey Kong, which you said seems like it's pretty likely, so mm-hmm. that'll that'll make it to Hollywood. And uh, there's Transformers. And there's a new Secret Life of Pets. And there's the I think the better Simpsons Land. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's Jurassic World. Right. And I think for the time being, there's the mummy. Yeah. Wow. Universal Hollywood. Oh, and then there's a there is a Despicable Me land there, right? Yeah, I think there, so. Yes. Yes. That With the correct. original Minions Mayhem, and I don't think not the new one. They're not bringing the new one there. Right? No, 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 not the villain Florida. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, Hollywood looks like it's straightening up to be a, a nice and and powerful park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if people can stop whining about Nintendo World, then I think, I mean, I, it sounds yeah, a big roller coaster. That's cool. What what mm-hmm. I do, you know, I, I suppose, and I know we're running thin on time here, but it, it does seem interesting. Again, this is like the umpteenth theme park story where you're reporting that they had a massive people eater attraction with mm-hmm. a, a lot of space, whether or not people are using it or not, I guess is the question. But you had a massive people eater attraction being replaced with a low capacity roller coaster, and especially in a park as tiny as Hollywood, and especially mm-hmm. with the cramped space, both the entire the way that the entire park is situated and the way that the individual lands are designed, yeah, like Nintendo World, for example. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know when somebody is going to like recognize the tragedy of the commons here that if you build too many big roller coasters, 
You just have a bunch of people running around in circles doing nothing. It's true. Um, <laughs> you got a good point. We'll see. I think they're going to be expanding pretty heavily into the future. Interesting. Uh, but also on the other coast, they are too. Kid Zone did close. The curse is finally gone and the walls are up. Hooray. Uh, and uh, apparently it's going to be mildly redone as a DreamWorks land with different properties. So instead of being like a themed land, like completely themed experience land, it's going to be little different pockets. I hear that Shrek Swamp might be included. There's going to be a Trolls uh, roller coaster, just going to retheme the old roller coaster there. And there is going to also probably be a little Kung Fu Panda area. It's going to be mostly themed after meet and greets and um, a wet play area. So pretty small. Uh, it's also probably going to be a troll show. So this is closer in line to when we did that show with Alicia, the uh, light retheme. Um, I believe there's one that she showed us, which was the DreamWorks FunWorks or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be kind of in line with that. Okay. I mean, yeah. You know, yeah. Which is interesting because that's also apparently what the Frisco part that we talked about uh, a couple weeks back will be. Uh, rest in peace, Kid Zone. Uh, but before we move on to our main topic, is there anything else you would like to say about all this? I saw a video of the cast members or the workers at Kid Zone. They seemed really sad. And, and that, that was kind of nice. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, where they dumped the big bucket of water. One last time. Yeah, yeah, I saw a Donkey do his last thing. That was uh, all kind of yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, donkey will be back. I don't think Curious George will be back. That monkey God has been... damn it! Yeah, monkey's why, been put to sleep. Why, why do we lose our finest soldiers <laughs> in, the, in the best battles? Curious George... Mm. no longer that mm. that that it is a it is nice i guess to to watch um that like little micro communities just build around these things i mean you know firsthand right working yeah, yeah. universal stuff so this isn't i mean the one day transformers is going to close so. it's true it's yeah. true and i hope to be there when it does <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyways um let's uh let's move on to our main topic uh, talking about some roger rabbit Okay, here we are for our main topic. Let's talk a little Roger Rabbit. And before we start this, of course, it's about a movie. So I need to get your uh, opinion on said movie. That's uh, evil. That's mean. That- <laughs> yeah. What is, what is your opinion on Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, yeah, my opinion on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. think that Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a brilliant movie. It's a great movie. It's one of the best noir movies ever made. I think that it is there there's like one great noir movie right and it's chinatown chinatown yeah right which which isn't like the rumor that roger rabbit it's like an unpublished draft of a chinatown sequel yeah the rumor that's was been like disproven that that's always like the wives tale is that the third yeah. the third chinatown sequel because there's the first one then there's the two jakes, two jakes. And wasn't the what two jakes is after this though who friend roger rabbit's 1988 so, and the two jakes is like in the early 90s i think no it was i think the original apparently 
apparently the the whole shtick in the wives' tale, right, is that the writer I can't remember the guy's name. The guy who says that it's he him who really made Chinatown great and not Polanski, which mm-hmm. is a whole can of worms. Um, you can defend whoever you want there. I'm not even gonna try. But the the whole shtick is that like Chinatown's about the waterways. So uh, what what other public works and the the hypotheticals like Robert oh well, what Town, if, by the way, what'd you say? Robert Town. Robert Town. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah, he interesting fella. Um, I mean, not you know he's no Polanski. Yeah. In in many ways, <laughs> hopefully, many of us are no plans. Yes. <laughs> um, but no, it, it, it's interesting that uh, Chinatown's about the waterways, and right. uh, naturally, you would probably have one about the trolley cars. So right. that was the big, the big funny wives' tale. Is that oh, it was a, an old script? I don't know how true that is. What have I do you know ever is seen that the two Jakes. By the way, I have not. I, I have I, not. Yeah. No, I, I kind of <laughs> just like a Chinatown to me ends so well that any. <laughs> idea of a sequel seems like weird especially the two jakes um but i i i think well this is fascinating so china uh roger rabbit i've been watching since i was a kid i had a dvd my dad had it it was the little Mm -hmm. one that looked like a film reel um i don't know if you remember that Mm -hmm. but it was uh i used to watch the hell out of it and then one day a friend of mine was writing a paper on chinatown and he said you should really watch it it's good and I, i turned on chinatown and i was like oh my god this is just who framed Roger Rabbit. Right. And- <laughs> it's a, uh, let's let's just say that the screenplay for Who Framed Roger Rabbit is heavily based on Chinatown. Oh, absolutely. And Specifically yeah, the Bob Hoskins part. Right. Like, and, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And but- I don't know how much of that. I, I've never read Who Censored Roger Rabbit. But yeah. Eddie Valiant does come from Who Censored Roger Rabbit. But the, the book and the movie are very different. And we'll, we'll get into it. Right. Um. I, I know that uh, – um, I know. I mean a lot of it's based on like the Maltese Falcon, which is pretty mm-hmm. pretty damn close to Chinatown as it is. Um, but I, I think – I mean Chinatown uh, – sorry, Roger Rabbit. Like you can hear a lot of people talk about how brilliant the animation is and how great the performances are. And I, I all of that I echo. I think we've mentioned it a couple times. But like talking about Roger Rabbit, you can't not say that it is in an absolutely peculiar way a fantastic mm-hmm. noir. Like on its own. Yeah. yeah uh, at the very beginning of the movie where – uh, you know, up until Roger Rabbit comes around, up until the Daffy Duck scene, like it's a pretty just cold, normal noir. Mm-hmm. After the Daffy Duck scene, it's still great. But like, you know, the scene where Bob Hoskins grabs onto the trolley and uh, talks about he's like, who needs a car in L.A.? We got the best public transportation system in the world. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. It's a, it's it, a, it's a great movie. What I find so fascinating about Who Framed Roger Rabbit is that the screenplay is so good yeah. and it is so tight. And well written that you do not notice that it is a mystery with the easiest to solve mystery ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like you know, who's who who framed Roger Rabbit? I mean, kind of obvious when you meet the dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. And it's funny having I didn't think of that ever, but I just came off of uh, Glass Onion where like and Knives Out are two movies where I was like, the red herring is obviously the killer. Or the not the red herring, but like the obvious choice is the killer. Choice. And it yeah. always leaves you frustrated. But with mm-hmm. Roger Rabbit, it's an incredible bout of misdirection. Um, not only right with the tight screenplay, and that there is so much of a plot going on behind the movie that the mystery kind of takes center stage, or uh, sorry, backstage. But that's the thing about Chinatown too, and that's where it's borrowing from its best influences, is Chinatown has the mystery of the public works and the mystery of like the familial stuff and the, the yeah. woman. Um, but that is really in the background for a majority of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it really, 
it's a mystery with a lowercase m that does tighten up by the end, right. just like Roger Rabbit. I and mean, that's, I yeah, think, what the success is. I think both of them, it, it is a little less, like, the bigger twist in in Chinatown is, you know, she, you know, the scene of she's my, she's my sister, she's my daughter. Uh, spoiler you know, alert. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> sorry for this ancient movie from the seventies. Uh, it's sorry, uh, <laughs> but the other thing about Roger Rabbit is, you know, you also try to wonder, okay, what what is Judge Doom's deal? What is he going for? How does this all relate? Uh, so it, it does have you, but it, it's mostly you're just being entertained by the world. And the brilliant performance by Bob Hoskins and how he oh, relates absolutely brilliant. to Roger. It is is I, I I never it never fails me to just see just how entertaining this movie is and just how wonderful the world is. And of course, they wanted to bring that world to the theme parks. Uh, but before we get into that, we want to talk about the history of Roger Rabbit. Hmm. It begins as a novel. In 1981, uh, Gary K. Wolf published Who Censored Roger Rabbit, which is a crime noir about a detective named Eddie Valiant solving the mystery of the murder of a comic strip character. So instead of cartoons, they were all comic strip characters interacting with reality. They had Dick Tracy, Snoopy, Dagwood, Hagar the Horrible, and uh, such. Roger Rabbit was a comic strip character instead. <laughs> In the book, you're not actually trying to solve who framed Roger Rabbit, uh, but actually who murdered murdered Roger Rabbit. Roger Rabbit is murdered. Uh, and uh, uh, the reason why it's called who censored him is because he has a speech bubble and the speech bubble has been whited out. And, you know, they would actually speak with speech bubbles just as they would in comic strips. And that's the idea. Who censored Roger Rabbit? Uh, the book is has a really convoluted plot uh, and it involves like a genie who murders. Like there's a genie in it. Which is very strange. It's interesting. Uh, and there's also a Roger Rabbit doppelganger who gets involved. Uh, it's bizarre. Jessica Rabbit is not loyal to Roger Rabbit. It, it's darker and very strange. But Walt Disney Pictures, uh, it's in the Ron Miller era. And they see the book and they option the rights to it and give it to their animation department saying, Oh, Hey, is there, there's something you can do with this. And they develop it from 1981 to 1983. And they, of course, this is a, animation studio so they switch it over to being about cartoons right and for at first daryl van sitters is the director uh playing roger rabbit is paul rubens peter renaday who is a very famous disney actor are you aware of who peter renaday is i don't know who peter renaday is really Oh, look, I, I don't got all the time in the world. Right. Oh, I'm surprised. <laughs> but as a as a Disney theme park fan, he's very famous in the theme parks. He okay. has a lot of uh, he was Lincoln for a short while. Yeah, he was uh, not royal. He was the other one besides Royal Dano who played Lincoln. He uh, did a lot of voices in a lot of Epcot attractions like Horizons. And he was the voice of the people mover. For a while, you know, the now approaching Rocket Tower Plaza. Oh, cool. Yeah. And so he was playing Eddie Valiant uh, in the test footage. Uh, Rusi Taylor, who was Minnie Mouse for a long time. 
Uh, she was playing Jessica Rabbit, who was villainous but more conservatively dressed. This was um, just test footage, right? This was test. Uh, this okay. was the test footage. But Paul Rubens did sign to play Roger Rabbit. But but Daryl Van Sitters would not have been the director. Not no, actually, he was going to be the director. Because uh, I'm looking at his uh, IMDb page, and it's a mm-hmm. pretty pretty thin outing, to be completely honest yes. with you. Unless yeah. he like chop kick panda, but this, then. But, but this but this was going to be his breakout. Uh, oh no, <laughs> poor poor Terrell. Yeah, so this was going to be his breakout, uh, and they were developing it. And you can actually see. I, I'm guessing from the way you speak, you've seen this test footage. Yes. I oh, and I've never seen this test footage at all. Oh, you haven't. Oh, okay. No. So uh, if you go on the YouTube, uh, you can find it. Who friend Roger Rabbit test footage. Uh, they did a Disney when the Disney Channel debuted in 1983. They did a sneak preview of all the films that were in development, and you can actually see the test footage. You can see them talking about what this is going to be. You can hear Paul Rubens as Roger Rabbit. And right, okay, this, yeah, yeah, I have heard a little bit about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Another thing, you tone down that goofiness. You want my help? You act like a human. You understand? Oh, yes, sir. But wouldn't it be more helpful if I started to, to, to came along with you? Because what, what, what if maybe you got you to get into some, some more lots or something? Ah, uh, okay. Definitely and, more gritty Roger Rabbit. Yes, right? definitely. So 1983 happens. At some point, they're like, this is just not working. I don't think we have the talent enough to do this. And they turn it down. What's interesting is that Zemeckis actually offered to direct this in 1982. He heard that this was going to be a thing. He thought this was really interesting. But Disney actually turned him down uh, because his prior two films, which are I Want to Hold Your Hand and Used Cars, were mm-hmm. bombs. So they said no. And then he pitched them back to the future and they said, I'm sorry, uh, his mom wants to have sex with him. No, none thanks. Go away. <laughs> and they say no. And I remember I remember hearing once that that wasn't the case, that it was the drinking and the smoking or something like that. No, it was actually it, it was, was actually it, all, everything. Yeah. Oh, well, they, OK. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're fair. <laughs> it was everything. Yeah. They said yeah. It was, it was yeah. too, too adult, too raunchy for them. So they say no. Probably true. Uh, so what happens in uh, 1984, Michael Eisner, uh, our wonderful Michael Eisner, who we mentioned last week, he resurrected the pro- uh, project uh, with Spielberg, Marshall, and Kennedy uh, in 1985, so about Catholic. a year. We have to, we're on the internet. We have to hate Kathleen Kennedy. I know. I, I, I was, I was going to say, it's like everybody's favorite, Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah. <laughs> she may have produced Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but she produced The Last Jedi. <laughs> a movie you like. You, how dare you mention it? <laughs> but the sacred texts. And they're all, <laughs> uh, the movies are all burning. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, by doing this, how he did this was he actually reached out to Spielberg to see if he could help make this happen. And they thought this would be a great way to revive their animation department. And Spielberg had the clout of being Steven Spielberg back in the 80s. And so this becomes a co-production between Disney and Amblin. So they both co-own the rights. This never happens, hmm. and for good reason, as we'll get into later on. Uh, Spielberg helps to get many of the cartoons from other companies to sign on. So he uses that charm, goes to Warner Brothers and goes, hey, I think you guys uh, might want to be a pro- part of this. 
Uh, and you know, it's, it's Disney, but trust me, you want to be involved with this. We have Robert Zemeckis involved. And of course, back to the future comes out in 85 and makes all the money in the world. And right after that, Disney goes, Oh, you know what, what we said before, it's okay. Mm. You can direct Roger Rabbit signs on to direct it. The movie takes three years to make. Because it's super technically complex. You've you've definitely seen the behind the scenes of this film, right? Um, yeah, no, I have seen a couple of behind the scenes footage. Um, specifically, everyone I think has seen the behind the scenes of the uh, the 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 lamp getting hit. In that, the yeah. That's like the classic behind right. the footage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and of course, you know, they had the way that they made this do it's like with God guns on wires. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, you can see the um, uh, uh, they had like little dolls for the Weasel Brothers or whatever, yeah. and mm-hmm. they would hold them up, and I think Zemeckis would even just hold them up and start doing the yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. It, it I don't know. I, I think nowadays because CGI is so complicated, maybe this isn't so impressive. I guess that's just the volume nowadays. Yeah, um, and, and then well, then they have like little robots who do the plate scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like crazy stuff. And then the animators had to draw over this. So they hire Richard Williams because they thought that their animation department wasn't good enough to do it. Hmm. Richard Williams is tapped. And Richard Williams, if you've ever seen The Thief and the Cobbler, which was his unfinished masterpiece. Yeah. He's fantastic at making animation in a three-dimensional environment without any tricks. No computers involved, just animation that can exist in three dimensions just by itself. Hmm. And that's what him and his animators really set out to do. And they succeeded in more like, wow, when you look at that movie, I don't think anything. They tried so many live action animated movies after that, such as uh, Cool World, Evil Tunes. Uh, which is terrible. Uh, there's <laughs> uh, Space Jam, uh, Looney Tunes back in action, uh, and Looney Tunes back in action. Actually, the combination isn't too terrible there. But anytime after that they tried it, it's just never been as good. As, no, I, I don't think there's anything that even comes comes that close. Like, I mean, we recently had Chip and Dale. Yeah, and, and nothing Chip and Dale was 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 amusing. It was amusing. <laughs> I thought the script was good, and there was some really cool actual hand-drawn animation in that film but uh most of it was this like cel-shaded 2d exactly uh, yeah yeah and that wasn't that great but i admired the spirit of that movie yeah i don't think anything comes as close as being as magical as who framed roger Rabbit was uh bob hoskins of course was brilliant as eddie valiant uh charles fleischer was roger rabbit uh who would show up every day dressed as a rabbit uh, <laughs> <laughs> delivering lines uh kathleen turner was jessica rabbit uh and jessica rabbit um as you know yeah we what? all know <laughs> what do you mean what do you mean i know <laughs> What do you think? I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Yeah, Everyone to wants to do her. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, no. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, 
You delete the theft. Yeah, that's you know? exactly right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> delete this. Delete this entire episode. Uh, Pleasure Island, where she's like on the top of the building. What? Uh, the the film has Eddie Valiant in a world where cartoons are real and interact with live action humans. Uh, he was investigating the murder of Marvin Acme, which has been pointed to Roger Rabbit when Marvin is photographed playing patty cake with his just wife Jessica Rabbit. And the joke, of course, is you think that he was cheating on her by actually having sex with her. No, he's actually you know playing patty cake on the beach mm. uh-huh. roger stars in rk maroon's pictures alongside baby herman where he's often in perilous situations as the infant gets in the trouble and roger is badly harmed there's a cartoon uh i think it's called what's cooking that starts the film the one in the beginning yeah the one in the, yeah, the, one in the beginning yeah other characters name, yeah. include benny the cab who in a great sequence actually drives a car car driving a car great joke uh christopher lloyd is judge doom Great performance. Rest in peace, that shoe. And, of course, the weasels. Who Framed Roger Rabbit? It's a massive success. Grossed over $351 million worldwide. It was the second highest grossing film in 1988. Do you know what the first highest grossing film in 1988 is? I don't. I wasn't born for 12 years. (laughs) It was Rain Man. I, I would go from Roger Rabbit to go see Rain Man. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. we lived, that was a very different generation. It was. Yeah. The highest grossing movie this year is is very rightly so. Is it probably Avatar, right? Uh, For 2022? Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to be Avatar very soon. Uh, I know it right now it's Maverick. Uh, top of um... Maverick. But... <laughs> so what happens after <laughs> Roger Rabbit comes out? While Zemeckis had moved on to direct in the Back to the Future sequels, Disney went all in on Roger Rabbit. Like this was their first animated hit in a very long time. This is our first generation cross appealing hit in so long. Like, you know, their, their film library was just hitting dud after dud after dud. And what's ironic about who friend Roger Rabbit being successful is it's not actually a Disney film. Mm-hmm. It's a right. touchstone film. Well, they were too <laughs> nervous, right? Yeah. They were too nervous about it. So they made it a touchstone, but Still their biggest hit in a long time. Yeah. Uh, Roger Rabbit is featured in the 1988 special about Mickey's 60th birthday. And if you've never seen this TV special, it's very strange. Like Roger Rabbit like messes up this TV special and Mickey uses his powers, like these magical powers. So Yen said, uh, like wants to teach him a lesson. So he makes the world forget who Mickey is as like um like in in his image, hmm. but everybody is looking for Mickey Mouse. So Mickey would go onto the set of Cheers, and he'd be like, "Oh, I think you showed me this yeah. or something." Yeah, <laughs> he'd be like, "Hey, how's it going, guys?" And everybody's like, "We're looking for Mickey Mouse." That's me, and they're like, "No, it doesn't. Shut up." <laughs> So everyone just has this idea of who Mickey Mouse is. And then he wishes the late Kirstie Alley a happy birthday. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Gosh, you're pretty. Happy birthday. Ha <laughs> 
It's just a, such a strange special. Uh, so he would actually be the mascot for both Disneyland's 35th anniversary and Disney World's 20th anniversary in the Party Gras Parade. You could see a giant float in the show notes of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, look at that. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, it isn't actually, uh, for my generation, or at least the point where I was aware, Roger Rabbit has fallen so far off Like the as a character, as like an intro, a character anybody cares about. You know, the movie's still fantastic, but he's definitely not on the caliber of like big mascot. But it is fascinating watching Disney promotional things from the time. He's all over it. Right. All over everything. And I would argue that he never really went out of popularity too much. But it is what happened Mm -hmm. that causes that. Right, right, right. So he was all over Disney MGM Studios. In fact, I would argue that he almost kind of still is, if you know where to look. That's right. Uh, In uh, in the opening, guests could see a window for Eddie Valiant's detective agency, complete with a Roger-shaped hole. There was also, there used to be at least, a little placard that said, No Tunes, right in there. (laughs) And Mm. there's also a Maroon Studios billboard. And both of these things are still there. Yes, uh, they are and in the Backlot Express, there's. Have you seen this? The stunt car for Benny uh, the Cab. I have not. You can. Uh, it's still there, and you can see this. There's a lot of ba- uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit stuff in there as well. If you go back mm. there right now, you could still see this stuff. Uh, on the tour, guests could tour the Acme Warehouse, and they could be menaced by the Ditmobile from the film. I'm not sure. Did you go uh, here when this uh, Acme Warehouse oh was still there? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. I don't think so. This, I, I thought you were going to say the tour. No, I, I don't believe so. When did what that about, go away? Do you remember? Okay, so the Acme Warehouse was there for a long time. Yeah. It, it was like, I want to say it was right next to Light Motors Action. Well, how long there? was it open, though? Till 2016. Oh, then I guess presumably a couple of times, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I, when I just didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. That's uh, and there, there was a bunch of photo ops there too with a Jessica Rabbit and stuff like that. And of course, the Ditmobile was there in the early uh, 90s where you would mm. almost get sprayed by the Ditmobile. But they got oh, rid no. of the, the mobile. The mobile, yeah, that was okay. gone. Uh, so that same summer, uh, Disney released Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. With the short tummy trouble attached. In the short, Roger attempts to save baby Herman after he swallows his rattle and takes him to the hospital. Of course, Roger gets more pain than he bargained for when he accidentally swallows the rattle after baby Herman burps it up. And have you seen this short? I think so. I've seen all the shorts that are on Disney Plus. That's the three shorts, yeah. Yeah. Tummy yeah. trouble, roller coaster, and trail mix up. Yeah. Uh, and this one has a really strange joke, which I still don't get, where Roger is on a is on a stretcher and they're trying to rush him into surgery. And you see him go through all these doors, bam, 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 bam. And like one says oncology, one says um psychiatry, and then the final one says Burbank. And I don't get that joke at all. Is it, where Where's the studios? Uh, the studios are in Burbank. Yeah, is that you think but that's I, like maybe the, I don't know, he's like a cartoon to be, to fix cartoons, cartoons in a, in a guess, studio maybe? Maybe that's it. I, I never got that joke. But maybe, maybe you solved it. But I don't, yeah. I don't think so. If it is that, it's not very funny. So yeah. hopefully it's something. <laughs> Hopefully it's a little better than that. Right. Uh, so Honey, I Shrunk the Kids is a massive hit. Uh, this comes out opposite Batman 89. And Batman 89 is, of course, the number one film. But hmm. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, number two film. Disney thinks, oh, my God, 
this was a big hit. And a large part of it was due to the fact that on like every poster for Honey, I Shook the Kids, on the bottom it would say, there's new Roger Rabbit short. You got to see it. You want to see Roger again? Everybody loves Roger Rabbit. Come and see the short. And it took it took Disney 30 years to realize that when they put Coco out. Yeah. That was not the case. <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah. But also, that was like 22 minutes long. So, Oh, that was a nightmare. Was, I think if it was seven minutes long, people wouldn't have. Do you think mind. Roger Rabbit actually pulled people out? Because I, I doubt it, right? Maybe. Maybe, maybe a few. But like, it's, I mean, Rick Moranis was already... But this will come to play very big for why the unbuilt attraction we're talking about mm. didn't happen. So Amblin and Disney, they immediately put Roller Coaster Rabbit into production. This is the first thing that the MGM Studios Florida Animation Department actually does. Mm. So they're the ones who are doing this. But outside it, this park is packed like crazy wall-to-wall crowds. You know, this is the reverse DCA. Which DCA was, nobody went, but also at DCA, there wasn't that much to do. Well, at Disney MGM Studios, not much to do, but everybody went. And there's like no attractions in the park. There's two rides, Backlot Tour, great movie ride. And the Backlot Tour is, to the credit, two hours long, very long. But still, it's a half-day park and nobody's treating it as such. And, you know, they have the, the the animation tour and then they have two shows, which were Superstar Television and Monster Sand Show. The Indian and Jones Stunt Spectacular doesn't open up until August of 89. Hmm. And Star Tours doesn't open up until December of 89. And they go, okay, we need to expand this park like immediately. They get this uh, where the Beauty and the Beast show that is now, that was like a last second addition right um to the park after opening they go and they're like okay we're gonna do three major expansions and the three are muppet studios mickey's movie land and roger rabbit's hollywood muppet studios we talked it's one of our first episodes with blake right uh we talked about that a year and a half ago uh mickey's movie land that's an interesting one maybe we'll talk about it in a couple weeks we'll see hmm. and then of course we have roger rabbit's hollywood there was also two restaurants that were fast-tracked, and do you know what those two restaurants are? I, I do know what those two restaurants are. Yeah. <laughs> it's Sci-Fi Dine and Theater and the 50s Prime, Prime Cafe. Cafe. My exactly. goodness, I could not get that out. Uh, this brings us to, finally, our topic for today, which is Roger Rabbit's Hollywood. And Roger Rabbit's Hollywood, some of it was built. <laughs> because Roger Rabbit's Hollywood is in two parts. It is a precursor to Sunset Boulevard. No. It consisted of two elements, the street winding towards Mickey's Movie Land and Maroon Studios. The street would have been Sunset Boulevard, but this would have been more like the film, a more gritty L.A. with a rideable cloverleaf trolley car. So just like as in they had in California Adventure, uh, you could ride the trolley cars. And in fact, that's the thing about it is that the Jolly Trolley and the trolley cars from DCA were part of this unused uh, project, them taking these ideas back. So you could actually have mm. ridden the trolley cars. And oh. I believe on Sunset Boulevard, isn't there like a stationary one? Uh, unless, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. At the very end. Yeah. I yeah, try to I, not spend that much time on Sunset Boulevard because I think it's absolutely miserable how 
it's just a dead end to go to two attractions. Yeah, it's a dead end to go to two attractions, a mediocre food place, and then what used to be a cool gift shop. But I think now it's Toy Story Land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think there's a trolley car. I think so. But this is you're really racking my brain here. Uh, so there was actually going to be stuff like grand pianos hanging over the sidewalk waiting to get cut. And you could actually go to a recreation of the terminal bar. Remember the terminal bar? From Roger Rabbit? Yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that before. We were talking right. about the... Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could actually go to that. You could actually go to that terminal oh. bar. And maybe uh, you could have like knocked on the thing, uh, shave and a haircut, and then Roger Rabbit would burst out. They had they had the actual actor dressed up as a rabbit all day yeah. inside a little box. Char- Charles Fleischer's just right there coming out. His name was Charles Fleischer. Char uh, yeah, Charlie Fleischer. I believe that's his name. Fleischer. Yeah, that's funny. Now that come on, that's pretty funny. Like you, you what did you what did you expect? I don't know that his name would be a normal person. Yeah. The guy who plays Roger Rabbit's last name is Fleischer. Yeah, Charles Fleischer. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Is he by any way related to the Fleischer cartoons? That's a great question. As I can see, no, I don't oh. believe so. All right. Yeah. Oh, sorry to derail you. Continue talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So then you could hang left. And go into Maroon Studios. And you could see this, you know, in the uh, concept art, they have a giant Acme warehouse there. And uh, you would uh, be able to go into that. And there would be three attractions. The first attraction was Toontown Transit. Mm -hmm. And you could see right in there, you could see Gus the Bus, who is our main character. I want you to describe the second piece of concept art in the show notes there, if you could see it. Okay, so all right, it, it kind of looks like the tour bus from the, the way that like Fast and Furious Supercharge is operated. So everyone's on a tour bus in Universal. Uh, this is in Disney, and yeah. it's a bus. Now the bus has eyes on its front, but it also has eyes on its inside, and mm. it's driving on a mountainside above Toontown. Driving on train tracks with Benny the cab in front. Roger Rabbit has broken through the ceiling of the bus. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's Dumbo there on the right. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess it's like a, it seems like a like a simulator kind of mm-hmm. kind of deal. Right. But you, the thing that you can notice is that it's a wraparound simulator. And, and notice right. how Roger notice how Roger is kind of really coming into the vehicle there. Yeah, he's like impressed against the, impressed uh, the top of it. Right. Mm -hmm. This was a project that Kevin Rafferty was working on. And of course, he has his uh, autobiography, which was Magic Journey, which I've referenced a few times. Mm -hmm. Again, you guys need to get this book if you haven't. It's so good. Anyways, this is this is one of the things that he's always wanted to do. Uh, he said he planned to mount an, a motion space simulator and marry it with a yet to be invented wraparound projection technology that would provide an out of your peripheral view of all the side and front windows. And he has hmm. the original treatment for Toontown Transit. Why don't we ride along with Kevin Rafferty as I read this direct from his book. Gus the Bus works for Toontown Transit Line. It pays the bills, but Gus's true ambition is to be a movie star, much to the chagrin of his boss who tells him to stop dreaming and start driving. 
Gus drives us through the Toontown Tunnel on his regular route, where on the other side, you're greeted by singing flowers and trees and many other cartoon characters that have gathered to welcome us. Suddenly, Benny the Cab cuts Gus off to inform him that auditions are being held at the cartoon studios right now. This could be the big chance that Gus has been waiting for. Benny tells Gus to follow him because he knows a shortcut. Ooh. He floors it and we follow Benny, speeding all over the cartoon countryside and around high and perilous mountain curves. Gus can't keep up with Benny and skids off the road and we splash down into the Toon River. After taking a white water knuckle water ride on the rapids, we are caught in a whirlpool and pulled underwater. After all the bubbles clear, we find ourselves inside Monster of the Whale with Pinocchio. Monstro sneezes, sending us high into the sky, and we crash land back on the road, directly behind Benny, as if we'd never left. The roller coaster-like road is filled with a lot of twists, turns, and surprising gags that take us on a rollicking road that leads us into the heart of downtown Doomtown. Turning the wrong way on a one-way street, Gus dives directly towards two big trucks approaching side by side. Benny is able to get it through the middle of them, but Gus is too wide to drive in between. He holds his breath and makes himself thinner at the last minute as we manage to squeeze in the middle of the trucks. That's interesting. I don't know how they do that. Hmm. Uh, but uh, on the other side, only to see a long fire truck speeding towards us with Roger Rabbit clinging to the end of its ladder. To avoid a head-on collision, Benny scissor lifts over the fire truck and Gus follows him uh, on his lead. But Gus doesn't quite lift high enough, and we snag Roger from the ladder, causing the crash land on Gus's roof. We see Roger's physical imprint protrude through Gus's interior. So the way that they would do this is that they were working on this elastic roof that would kind of like blow. It's, it's hard to describe. It would kind of puff up in ways. If you ever go to Haunted Mansion in Tokyo, if you ever plan on that. Uh, hopefully one day. <laughs> yeah, maybe. There's actually a gag that does this. Um, oh. There is a painting of a man, and his face protrudes out That's using neat. the same kind of technology. Hmm. So the idea is that they would kind of use that. So anyways, Roger jumps onto Gus's hood and begs her to please help him save Jessica from the top of the burning fireworks factory straight ahead. He actually does say that, by the way. Please. Uh, Gus gallantly accelerates up the ladder to the top of the burning factory, avoiding wayward exploding fireworks all the way up. We crash through an upper story window where Gus steers to help Roger, still holding onto his hood, reach out and save Jessica from the flames. But as Roger grabs her, Gus can't stop in time and pushes them out the window. Finally, coming to a stop on the window ledge, Gus teeters downward to reveal a view to the ground far below where we see that Roger and Jessica have been caught safely by the fire department. Just as we are about to go over the ledge ourselves, one of the wayward skyrockets crashes through Gus's dashboard. This is a physical animated prop and lodges itself in the floor directly in front of us. We watch helplessly as the fuse burns down. Kablooey! The explosion sends us flying above the clouds into outer space, where reaching the apex of our ascent, we happen upon a confused cow that says, a boss up here? Ha. Why is there a cow? That's the joke. 
Get the it? joke is a uh, no. Okay, the joke is okay. We fly into space, and there is a cow in space who wonders a bus up here. The joke is, what is the cow even doing there? Why is the cow? Because the cow jumped over the moon. Oh, of course, yes. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> what that, is that? Not what the bit is. No, the bit is that there's a randomly a cow in space, and it's the not cow a very is good bit. confused why there's a bus in space, even though a cow is also absurd. We we were talking about cows in the sea. The good cows and stars. Yeah. I would, yeah. That, that I like cows in the sea better. Continue. Uh, we nose downward for a view of Earth below, rapidly falling towards Earth. We can see we're approaching the United States, then Hollywood, and then finally the studios. Gus crashes through the roof of the very sound stage where it so happens that the auditions are being held. And cut! What an entrance! What a talent! The director loves Gus, begs him for the star in his next picture, offers him a movie contract on the spot. It was a tough road to start him, but Gus's dream has come true. And that is the idea for Toontown Transit. That's a lot. It is. It's a good simulator ride. <laughs> and yeah, it I does like, seem like a neat simulator ride. Yeah, and I like the idea that there's all these like um, physical things going on too. So not only as the periphery around you like all surrounding but also things happen the physical bus itself like a rocket going into the bus that actually is replicated in storm rider the Mm. old tokyo disney sea attraction yeah that's it just seems like a lot (laughs) yeah not a fan i think it's cool well the one thing i guess and i I don't really want to I need to think about it a little bit more, but one thing I always felt about Roger Rabbit is I was always least interested with the Toontown stuff. I was always most interested with the detective stuff. Okay. So I feel like that's why, you know, jumping out <gasps> way ahead, cartoon spin, I always kind of liked because mm-hmm. it kind of captured the feeling of the movie. I, one thing that always felt weird like to me that, about Roger Rabbit. What? Oh, well, all right. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Mm-hmm. That ride's not going to reopen. It's fine. It is. No, it's not. They've already announced it's reopening. They 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 have been so tight-lipped about Roger Rabbit. No, they actually did announce it's reopening. When? March 8th. Oh, really? Yeah. Or did they um did they get rid of the fountain? Does anyone know whether that's the case? I have no idea. We'll find uh, out. Yeah, I guess so, right? Anyways, no, I think that, I mean, it seems like a fantastic little, like, Fast and the Furious supercharged if it wasn't boring. Or not supercharged, um, whatever you would call the one in the tour. Oh, right? Kong 360 or whatever? Yeah, I guess so. The well, there was a Fast and Furious that, one there, too. Instead of, like, being on a tram, there's actually, like, little screens on your side. Right. You're not quite moving anywhere, right? It's just a simulator. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it seems cool. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's like a cartoon. It's like, it's a, it's like fast food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's Baby Herman's Runaway Baby Buggy Ride. So <laughs> you can see hmm. some concept art there. Baby uh, Herman, is, if I remember correctly, is the sexist pig, right? Yeah, he talks like this. Yeah, he's he the one who smacks me. his secretary's ass in that yeah. one scene. Yeah, yeah, and he uh, puts his, which they have the censor. He puts his. Uh, uh, finger up the lady's dress. Oh, oh my! And yeah, that could be on the Disney ride. They censored that. <laughs> you think Splash Mountain's bad? Get ready but, for Baby yeah. Herman's buggy ride. So I asked you if you had seen Tummy Trouble, and this is why, because this is actually about Tummy Trouble. Huh. And this is a dark ride where guests are visiting the set, and they go into a pre-show with Baby Herman, and he's like, "I don't do my own stunts." 
So they hire us as the stunt doubles. I like that. That's fun. Yeah. And this is per Jim Hill. And I don't know if this would have happened. <laughs> but the idea is that they give you little baby bonnets. No. You're supposed to put the baby bonnets on. They're like little um, headbands. That that would never happen. Right. I feel like I'm like, what? Maybe if they did it as would... like 3D glasses, kind of like the way the Mario Kart that ride. That the idea, but the, I mean, it's pointless. What 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 does this do for the story? It's just to be cute. Yeah, exactly. Like if you, what I mean is like if you had like an actual purpose for the attraction and you disguise them as baby bonnets, right? That yeah. seems appropriate. Right. But it feels no, weird to to just, just like, to be yeah, cute. put this hat on. Yeah, yeah. your yeah. head lice. Okay. Right. Exactly. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. I was like, so lice. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, and we climb into fast-moving buggy cars. And the idea is that this is a Mr. Toad style attraction. Go to hell. No, not in this one. On the next page, you can actually see the layout for the attraction. Mm -hmm. I can't read it. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. But uh, I did uh, (laughs) examine it. And so here's what happens in this attraction. You approach the nursery and then you slam down some stairs. You fly through the waiting room and nearly crash into a bunch of patients. And then you slam into the x-ray room and Roger gets zapped by the x-ray. Zap, zap, zap. Uh, and you bash through intensive care and then into a laundry chute. But remember, this is not a roller coaster. So this is all done via stylistic scenes. Like, you know, very stylistic flats. Cartoon mm. flats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, like a Mr. Toad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're down a slippery hallway where Captain Rogers cascading, and you go out the window, and you can kind of see this in the layout where there's like a giant cityscape where you look down, create hmm. a kind of a vertigo effect, and then you like narrowly avoid it, and then you slam back inside. Then you go into an empty elevator shaft where we experience a fake freefall. Oh, like rise the resistance. Exactly. No, I don't think it would actually fall. Like, no, it would just kind of be like a little optical illusion. Thing. Yeah, the roof would like move upwards or something. <laughs> right. And then you go in a hallway with constantly slamming doors. Uh, you go in the anesthesiology room and you get hit by laughing gas. And you kind of go in this like surreal dreamlike state. And then there's an explosion caused by Roger. The final scene, you pull up in the baby Herman's dressing room again and gives you a big thumbs up on a job well done. So very fun, fast, out of control attraction. Yeah, that's cool. What are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that was just awesome. That was just really neat. Like a classic fantasy land kind of dark ride. Exactly. Very yeah. cute. Roller Coaster Rabbit was supposedly going to be done. And this was pretty simple. You can see the uh, model of it there. Mm. It was just a wild roller coaster based on the short. Mm. You ever seen that short? Yeah, yeah, I have. It, when you say wild roller coaster, do you mean like a? Uh, it seems like it's bigger than like a wild mouse, right? It's like a pretty full size roller coaster. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I think it looks like a double roller coaster, kind of like yeah. a yeah, a small roller coaster, but like made to be look big, like kind of like California Screaming or whatever, the Incredible Coaster. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> it. Yeah, and of course there was the Benny the Cab ride. And this was a dark ride where guests would climb into Benny the Cab and tour Toontown while avoiding weasels in their debt. And the car spin too. Mm. Mm. Never work. The Ink and Paint Club was also rumored to be included along with a Acme Factory gift shop. 
So why wasn't this built? Well, Roller Coaster Rabbit was slated to go in front of Arachnophobia, which Frank Marshall directed. Now, have you seen Arachnophobia? I had to Google it for this episode. From Hollywood Pictures and Amblin Entertainment, eight legs, two fangs, and an attitude. Some dancing bit It's just a spy. Two legs, Hello. 300 pounds, and a spray gun. Rock and roll! This summer, it's one man versus a town full of spiders, and only one will win. Jeff Daniels, John Goodman. Yeah, that's right. I'm bad. Arachnophobia, a thrillomedy, rated PG-13. So you oh, no. have not seen Arachnophobia. <laughs> so, no. It's a good film. It's a good movie. Huh. Yeah, it, John Goodman steals the show in that. I think Jeff Daniels. Yeah, Jeff Daniels is in it. It's it's a lot of fun. But Disney got cold feet. Because they had a film coming out, Dick Tracy, which we talked about with Dick Tracy's Crime Stoppers. And they put that in front of it instead. Well, this pisses Spielberg off. Because the idea was they were going to trade off. Okay, Disney, you get to put this one in front of Honey, Edge with the Kids. I get to put it in front of mine. And the next one, you get to put in front of yours. Well, hmm. no, they they screwed him over. So Spielberg is pissed. Roller Coaster Rabbit ends production. And immediately, they get handed the assignment to do a short called Hair in My Soup. Hair in My Soup has Roger as a waiter. This was the first one not to have baby Herman. But instead, this was about Roger as a waiter, and he was dealing with an uptight boss. Mm. Well, Spielberg comes in, and he's still got a chip on his shoulder, so he intentionally tanks it. And it's like, why is there no baby Herman in there? I don't like this. I don't like that. And he, he didn't like baby. He didn't like that there's no baby Herman. This, this is what I've heard. Uh, I think he was just full of it and just raising problems and then eventually shuts production down. Hmm. And the, he's really mad, especially because arachnophobia flops. Right. And Dick Tracy wasn't really helped that much by Roller Coaster Rabbit. But Spielberg honestly believes if he had Roller Coaster Rabbit in front of arachnophobia, more people would go out to see it. So he kills production on Hair and My Soup, and Disney and Spielberg, they argue a lot about Roger Rabbit. So much. Finally, they get him to agree, they get him to calm down enough to make Trail Mix Up, which is put in front of a movie that nobody has seen. I don't even think it's on Disney+. Plus. It's called A Far a far Off Place or something like that. Hmm. I've never seen it. And that's what it gets thrown on. Trail Mix Up, very cute, uh, short. It's the only Roger Rabbit thing to ever be animated and uh, colored in caps. So if you ever want to see Roger Rabbit uh, looking as good as the other animation renaissance films, that's what you have to see. What do you mean it's colored in caps? Digital color. Uh, caps yeah, it, the... is, it definitely looks different than, mm, yeah. than any of the other ones. Yeah. yeah. So Caps is uh, digital coloring, uh, which started on the Rescuers Down Under. And uh, that's what makes it so distinct because it has a richer color palette and they can make uh, it look a lot nicer and spiffier yeah i'll be um, i'll be the contrarian and say it looks really ugly i remember <laughs> i remember when i watched it i thought that was the least appealing one really okay yeah because, it just looks too well, fake you know digital well but. it's not it's not ink and paint which is the right. way that the other ones are colored uh so disney is barely able to get roger rabbit's cartoon spin approved but the the damage is done and the rift between spielberg and disney is it, just too much and right now, Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin are killing it. And they go, our animated films, we own. We own those fully. Why are we arguing with Spielberg over Roger Rabbit, which we don't fully own? Right. 
we can just forget Roger Rabbit. Yeah, he's popular, but Jasmine, Aladdin, Abu, the genie, Belle, the beast, soon to come the Lion King. These are all equally as popular. Right. We don't need you. And so they drop Roger Rabbit and they drop it in favor of different projects. And they go, can you do this Sunset Boulevard without Roger Rabbit? And that's what leads them to finally pick instead the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, which uh, Rafferty then goes on to work on more. And that's what happens to Roger Rabbit's Hollywood and Maroon Studios. But hey, what if Disney weren't a bunch of jerks and they actually let the Rollercoaster Rabbit in front of Arachnophobia and this got built? Will we still be wearing those bonnets on the ride today? No. <laughs> or <laughs> yeah, no. Or would this entire attraction be gone nowadays? What are your thoughts? I think it's a growing pain, Roger Rabbit. Um, there was an era post uh, Ron Miller and Card Walker and pre Katzenberg's like whipping up of the animation department into into total shape, right? Beating right. them into total shape. Where Touchstone was more of a cornerstone piece of Disney, the live action productions. Or Cornerstone Pizza Disney, the the television productions were basically keeping them afloat. So, and that there's a lot of graying over area there. That was a very broad brush that I'm painting. But the important thing is, is that what would eventually happen is that Disney would become a powerhouse themselves of animation more than anybody else um, in the industry mm-hmm. to this day. Mm-hmm. So I I do think that like regardless, if if Eisner was still president, right? And let's hypothetically say that's the case. The the day that they became more financially independent on their own, I don't think Roger Rabbit would have stayed around that much longer, especially mm. if Spielberg being the absolute, you know, the guy seems great. But at the time, business pain in the ass that he was. Yeah. It just seemed like a nightmare. I mean, that was the same Spielberg who like there's the classic story of Spielberg buying the Rosebud uh, a sled, one of the only Rosebud sleds around. I actually saw it. The one that he bought. It was at the Academy Museum in L.A. Oh. Then Orson Welles coming to Steven Spielberg asking for money for his newest movie Spielberg turning him down even though his current wife Spielberg's current wife was in the movie and was leading actually yeah um, you know at the time I don't know what it was maybe it was money maybe it was just the politics of the time but Spielberg was not easy to deal with and Michael Eisner isn't easy to deal with especially from a business perspective mm-hmm. I, I don't think this thing sticks around that long just because once Disney got a whiff of Aladdin right or like you said or, or Beauty and the Beast is like the that's the pushing point you no know, once Disney movies are in contention for Oscars and topping the music charts. Why, why Why go back to Steven Spielberg? You know, why? Why? Sure, sure. Um, you're right. Maybe if it was built, I guess they wouldn't tear it down. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you think any of these rides stand alone so at a successful point enough that they would stay around forever? Because the Roger Rabbit simulator kind of reminds me of Body Wars. Really? I don't think I, it's I, Star Tours. If it, if there's a if there's a spectrum between Star Tours and Body Wars, I think it leans towards Body Wars. Right. I disagree. Mm. I think it's more unique than that. It's definitely like a unique ride premise, right? Like you're saying a lot of the interaction with the ride vehicles, super new. Well, that and, you know, everything is on the walls. Right. So you have not only a screen in the front, but you have stuff like surrounding you. You mm. have things coming into the theater and you have, you know, the, the little imprints. Right. No, well, that's I, true. There's yeah. a lot of technology going on there that Body Wars didn't have. 
perhaps I'm being cruel. The one thing I want to ask you, one thing I'm thinking about is that the two attractions here, so let's exclude basically cartoon spin for a second and uh, the roller coaster. Yeah. The Baby Herman attraction and the simulator. Do they feel like, let me rephrase, Hollywood Studios I think was still trying to find its footing and its character at the time. It was very early, right? In the yeah. park's life. Nowadays, knowing where Hollywood Studios would go, these feel more like Magic Kingdom attractions. Baby Herman is like literally a magic, a fantasy land ride, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Or really, I guess I should say Toontown, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's the, the, the placement mm-hmm. in Disneyland is perfect. Right. Um, what do you feel about these rides as the way they reflect the character of Hollywood Studios or MGM Studios? That's interesting you should say that because I think that this Muppet Studios and Mickey's Movie Land they're all projects that kind of hinge upon the idea of Hollywood, but right. kind of like turning it on its ear a little bit. And they're supposed to be more fun because the idea was we already have the serious behind the scenes attractions. Right. And right. we don't need that to be everything. We can have a little bit more fun with these. Mm. And and that's that's kind of what I like. I like the ideas that you're being the stunt double in a cartoon or you're driving through two town itself i think the stunt and, double in the cartoon works a lot better with the mm-hmm. like that hollywood studios kind of motif yeah being in the movies right um it's that's like perfect it's made for it of course yeah uh, it would it would be funny that the bonnets thing is still funny yeah i, I don't get that i, I don't <laughs> understand what the point is unless there was going to be a photo opportunity at the end yes that's right i forgot to say yes okay there is a photo opportunity the idea is that you would be at the photo okay and, that's that's yeah. funny then and and that was a thing but i still don't think that it's worth the photo i think you, you, know could, you, do. you could just like opt to have a photo op in front of the attraction no you should make the point. headrests the little bonnets oh that's cute so that as the yes. vehicle pulls in front of it then it's like an optical illusion or something like that mm-hmm. yeah that is that yeah, looks yeah. or later on they would just digitally insert the bonnet oh absolutely yeah. Yeah. yeah so just digitally insert the bonnets you know yeah, yeah there's no yeah. need to reinvent the wheel there um mm-hmm. it's just a bad idea the bonnets thing um, but yeah, I, I, there's something, so there's something to me that's like, okay, the baby Herman attraction in terms of being on a cartoon set, that's fantastic, right? Cause you do this, you're doing the same thing that the Muppets did where you have the normal studio, the real mm-hmm. studio that's happening. You go and see it. And then like, like Toontown, the fictional characters are in the real world and they too are working a job. Um, the Muppet Studios, you go there and it's the movies as interpreted by the Muppets. And then here it's cartoons as interpreted by the cartoons. Uh, I think that's where the Baby Herman ride is the most interesting to me. The yeah. the, the, the race to Toontown seems fun enough, mm-hmm. but it feels weird because I don't know. I don't know if it necessarily fits in like the original thesis statement of Hollywood Studios. And I don't think it would work today. I don't know what works today, to be honest with you. Um, kind of anything, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's richly themed land, except when it's not. Uh, it's, it's a Toy Story land. Did you see? Did you see the uh, oh, image of the uh, the facade of the, facade, the barbecue restaurant, uh, the cardboard yeah. box restaurant? Yeah, I mean Hollywood Studios is in a bit of a a tight period at the moment. <laughs> Do you think that if they built these, let's say they built all of these attractions in Hollywood Studios for sake of the argument? Do you think that they build all of them in Disneyland? 
Oh, that's interesting. Or do they just pull the simulator? That seems like the, like, I think that where the Main Street Theater is, or sorry, the Toontown Theater is right now, the one they're building, would probably mm-hmm. be like a bigger simulator attraction or something. They could have they could have done the Toontown Transit. I think that could have translated. I think it would have translated like so much better. You know, it yeah. would have been, that's such a great idea mm-hmm. to take people on a tour of Toontown. Yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that would be such a fantastic idea in mm-hmm. Toontown, which makes me yeah. hesitant to say that it would work in Hollywood Studios. Instead, they did the Benny the Cab one. Well, that's right. They did the, mm-hmm. um, the, the cartoon spin, mm-hmm. which is no longer sexist. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm not, uh, I promise everyone, I'm not one of those people. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm not one. Of, I'm not one of those. <laughs> you say that so convincingly. Um, yeah, I don't know. What are your so? What are your thoughts about these going in Hollywood studios? Do you think that these stay around forever? I feel like Spielberg would have. Like this was an inevitable business problem. The fact that uh, to this day people are still in disbelief that Mickey and Bugs Bunny are on the scene for more than thirty seconds, yeah. let alone that Disney and Spielberg worked together well mm-hmm. before the BFG. The BFG, that's a weird movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> I eventually saw it. It's okay. I mean, look, he's Spielberg at this point shopping his movies out to anyone who will pay for them. <laughs> the Fablements is really good. Fablements is my favorite movie of the year. It's All a, right. It's a cry and shame that no one's going to go see it until <laughs> well, it wins Best Picture. They barely put people. Well, did you see the the, the classmates are still bullying him? Oh yeah, they said he had no girlfriend. That's right. Yeah, they were like, uh, he, Sammy Fableman didn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> Liar. <laughs> Anyways, Andy didn't let Roger Rabbit come to Hollywood Studios. <laughs> they should have made that in the movie, right? <laughs> him, him throwing a tantrum. That should have right. gone in front of the Spider movie. He goes, "I said, I, where's Baby Herman?" Right. He, he's yelling at the animators, and he looks at yeah. a mirror and he sees himself filming himself. Yeah. As he demands Baby Herman be in the new short. Anyways, the thing is, is that if Spielberg and Disney got along, Mm. they wanted to do Roger Rabbit 2. But it wasn't going to be Roger Rabbit 2. It was going to be a prequel. You can actually read the script for Toon Platoon online. And... Toon Platoon was a film about how Roger Rabbit goes to Hollywood to find his real mother. The idea is he's in a farm Mm. and he's adopted by a human family. And they tell him that his mother, uh, his real mother is in Hollywood. So he goes to Hollywood and in his search for his uh, real mother, they find him, uh, they discover him and he becomes a big star. Uh, But war breaks uh, as um, we go to war uh, in World War Two and he joins the Toon Platoon. This is also about how he meets Jessica. Yeah, he meets Jessica Rabbit, who is (laughs) what? Stupid. This is dumb. This the the script is not very good. Uh the cleverest thing is that uh Jessica Rabbit is dressed really modestly in the script, and that's like who Roger Rabbit falls in love with. But throughout the movie, she has to like do this seduction of this evil Nazi. She like dons like really the sexy getup, and Roger Rabbit sees her and she's like, What did you do to yourself? You know, you don't look 
nearly as gorgeous. So that's one decent joke, but the, the script isn't very good. But the idea is that they're Toon Platoon and they send the Toons off the war because Toons can't die. So they're the perfect weapon. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. This just seems like Disney or whoever was writing misunderstanding what made the first one so great. But that wouldn't be the first time, right? Yeah. yeah. And then they tried to do it again in the late 90s with Who Discovered Roger Rabbit with hmm. Roger and Jessica on Broadway. This one also failed because they just couldn't get to an agreement. Um, they also tried it with CG. You can actually oh. search for this online. And then Zemeckis recently went to Disney and pitched Roger Rabbit 2 again. And they said no. Disney actually turned it down. So it looks like now Disney's not interested in the Roger Rabbit business. So it's a dead franchise. Yeah. Whether or not Roger Rabbit would have gotten sequels or not, I foresee that this would probably not go anywhere and wouldn't be here anymore. I I think that. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. The thing about Disney and their properties is that they. So there's like a way that their properties, I think, work in their mind. And you can see this across everywhere. Because they introduce something and it either gets some buzz or it doesn't. If it doesn't, they kill it, right? Mm-hmm. If it does get buzz, they keep it around. They keep it around and they push that that mother effer until it's dry. They milk it, right? Milk, yeah. milk, milk till it's dry. But then they mm-hmm. let it sit dormant. But they hold on to it, right? They're very careful yeah. because mm-hmm. they keep the momentum boiling under the surface. It's still around. It's still on merchandise. And then they wait until people fall in love with it because of nostalgia. And then they milk that, right? Like they're like, oh, you remember this. You can see mm-hmm. this, I think, most evidently recently with Parks stuff. Um, specifically, like the I think we've talked about how the Haunted Mansion is more of an IP now than anything else. Uh, then it's, it's not just like an original thing. Or like you can see it with like Epcot and the way that they handle that. Or the way that they even handle 90s movies, like Disney 90 movies. I think they're very careful about not letting things slip away. Like things always are kind of, if something's around, it always has some momentum, whether it's a lot or a little. Um, yeah. They rarely pull something out of the closet completely. You know, Chip and Dale mm-hmm. had like, they were still merchandising on 90s animation before they brought it back for a reboot movie. Mm-hmm. The problem with Roger Rabbit is that you had 20 years of dormant period. You had my entire generation who has no clue what a Roger Rabbit is except for the movie you know like there's no there's no i didn't grow up in the generation like you did where he was walking around the parks or maybe he was but i don't remember it i was so So are you saying (laughs) that roger rabbit is the original avatar there is no cultural impact i'm not seeing anyone meme about it Mm -hmm. there's no memes about roger rabbit right there's no tiktok Mm -hmm. dance yeah exactly i roger Roger rabbit is the dance what you know the dance dance don't say rabbit don't do not say to me do i know the roger rabbit dance like that's a real thing that You're is lying. a real thing the roger rabbit just, what is yeah. it how do you do it okay uh, i don't actually know what you need to make the unbuilt is. tiktok account okay you, you can actually see this in Did the Disney movie. make this demo they no it didn't it? it didn't it just came out you can actually see this in chippendale rescue rangers they actually say we did the roger rabbit with roger rabbit dancing the roger rabbit with roger rabbit <laughs> <laughs> And then they're doing the dance. I'm looking so at it right now. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. I'm not, I'm not looking at that one. Oh, is Roger Rabbit in the new one? Yeah, he is. Oh, oh you didn't see the movie. No, nah, I didn't watch that. Oh, it's cute. I, I really liked it. I don't yeah, got time for Ugly scene. Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> there's actually a scene where they say we did the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. Is he in the rest of the movie? No, he's just in that one scene. <laughs> oh, okay. 
All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, whether these would still be around, I mean, it's prime real estate down there on Sunset Boulevard. Would it be worth losing the Tower of Terror? I don't think so. And no. I like Roger Rabbit. No, but this actually wasn't in the place of the Tower of Terror. Oh, I'm sorry. Tower I thought that Terror, was part yeah. of That was just actually, what Kevin Rafferty worked on, right? Instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The uh, Maroon Studios is actually where the Brock and Roller Coaster is now. Oh, that's that. Okay. Well, interesting. You get the sexist baby or you get baby Herman. So. <laughs> hey, Zing, come on. I don't know if he's going to be there anymore. They, there's those rumors. I don't. Is there any like weight to those rumors? I have no idea. That, All uh, I know so, is he's, he's on trial for it right now. Yeah, for but. clarity, this is about Steven Tyler yeah, and yeah, the potential yeah. refurbishment of Rock and Roller Coaster, mm-hmm. of which I don't think they can rush a quick refurbishment out unless they make it like a Radio Disney coaster or something somebody, like that. Somebody pitched a goofy movie version of Powerline. Wow. That I, can, I, I can count on zero fingers how likely that is to happen. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Oh, my. <laughs> That's Shut a horrible up. idea. We're talking about like the inability for audiences to recognize Roger Rabbit. And you're I like, hear me, out. A goofy, hear me uh, out. A goofy Power movie. Is, a goofy movie is kind of popular. No, it is not. But it was what it was the most attended. The the one that they did for its like uh 20th anniversary. Was it the 20th? Yeah, the 20th anniversary. Oh, was this the um, the, the panel at D23? It was it was yeah, the okay. most attended one. No, all right, but come the, on. Well, D23. The, the prime audience of D23 are 40-year-old people with no children who are still 15 and of course those people grew up during the goofy movie give it 20 years and the most popular panel will be the bolt reunion and (laughs) i don't think (laughs) nobody cares about more people care about a goofy movie no you're correct goofy movie's really good i think goofy movie's really good good. i think it's just as likely that this becomes a rko uh roger rabbit uh, roller coaster Mm -hmm. as it becomes a goofy movie coaster Because well, it would be tough because the uh, I know we're talking about rock, roller, uh, rock and roller coaster right now, but it would be tough to retheme it because the only thing they could easily steal is Iron Man and they can't. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think that I mean, look, Roger Rabbit is an odd movie because mm-hmm. it's a it's a really good movie, and clearly Disney doesn't recognize that. I think uh, it, it's a hard movie to market too, as uh, is kind of the big problem in this day and age. Like the way you do the Roger Rabbit style film is you. Do Chippendale, right? Yeah. You build it for screenshots on Twitter where people talk about ugly Sonic being in the movie. You know, nowadays there'd be more Bugs Bunny. I guess Droopy is kind of like the only scene in the uh, Roger Rabbit movie where you go, oh, I, I know Droopy. Right. That's like a very obvious one. Going down. That's a great one. And there's the watch. Your, <laughs> he goes, watch your step. Oh <laughs> my God, that's really good. <laughs> that <laughs> was real Droopy. Droopies, yeah. He came to the, he came to, he came to the show. Yeah. Droopy. Hey, how's it going? It's good. You have good to have big advice. cheeks. You pull oh, your big... Oh, good. Right. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the Unmilk Podcast. Um, that, yeah, that's, uh, so, but they, the, the Roger Rabbit is like a character nowadays. I don't know if he has the, ironically enough, I don't know if he has the legs. I don't know. I, well, do you think any of this would make it like, like, here's the thing. Let's say you build all of it. Does anything stay? Cause like, I don't know what you do with the baby. I don't know ride. how you would, how do you retheme it? I don't know. I, I don't think any of it stays. I also don't think, I think they choose between the roller coaster and Benny the Cap ride. One of them's got a window and I think Benny the 
cab wins out, but I don't see them having two bus bar rides in the same. I just don't see all of this happening. It's mm. too, it's so over ambitious. I know we were talking when we talked to Alicia and this is like the big question we should ask every time, right? Is that sometimes they present these smorgasbords of new content, ugh, new rides <laughs> and new product. Exactly. New product, parks, products <laughs> and experiences. Yeah. Um, the, uh, they present these big things and you can, the executives can pick and choose. Do you think, what do you think would get picked most likely if they were not going to just green light all four? You know, I think Toontown Transit, easy, yeah. easy. Yeah, pick. I agree. And I honestly think that they would pick, I think they would pick the baby buggy ride because Benny the Cap could be too similar to the Toontown Transit ride. And that one's quick. It's like quick and dashing. And it has that uh, Disney MGM spirit of being in the movies and stuff like that. And they could take the Benny the Cap ride and translate that to Disneyland, which they ultimately did do. Right. Right. Yeah. Very true. Mm -hmm. I think they would translate the Toontown Express or the Toontown Transit, excuse me. Yeah. First. Yeah. Just. Seems like a no-brainer. Right. No, and I agree. And I don't think any of that will actually would have been here today. Sad as it is, even if they did, I think a who framed Roger Rabbit 2 would have probably underperformed. I think it would have underperformed. Undoubtedly. I mean, I don't think it was a perfect storm. Yeah. And it's so simple. I don't think it's a Mm -hmm. movie built for sequels. And especially at the time where I don't think Disney hit a single sequel like Mm -hmm. at all. Can you name a single Disney sequel around that time that was any good? That was any good? Uh, Or any good? in any popular I don't extremely know. goofy movie maybe yeah, but that's a dev- that's a dv that's like direct a video movie hmm. yeah i guess it'll be just a touchstone movie sequel huh yeah you're right yeah hmm. I, I have no idea yeah that's a great point i can't think of any like disney sequels that were really popular until obviously they bought marvel yeah yeah absolutely i, I guess mean, I, the santa claus too i guess and oh, the oh yeah. pirates the pirates sequels yeah they're very true yeah so that was early 2000s though right yeah it was um, mm. yeah you know that's this does illuminate something i don't think there's been a lot of the things we've talked about even the less popular properties that have been turned into attractions or had not been turned into attractions you and i can still talk about how the audience was there just disney didn't capitalize on it it is fascinating though how just embarrassingly disney fumbled the ball with roger rabbit Mm -hmm. like to the point where you and i aren't even sure that it could stay around i don't think you and i have ever had this consensus before you know maybe it's just because this wasn't ambitious enough Mm -hmm. because most of the rides we say would stick around are these big bombastic technological marvels right but it does say something that like i don't know that space pavilion if you can if it let your mind be your dream or whatever that yeah the, the thing was. you are what you believe i don't even yeah. remember what it is as absurd as it was the fact that it didn't have a property made our does it stick around be based simply on the technology what's mm-hmm. tough about this one is that even though the technology and the ride itself are so interesting the toontown transit our inability to commit to whether it would stay around is because i just don't know if roger rabbit would be able to keep nowadays yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But we do have to ask the question that always comes up, which is build it or not. And that's where we get to make the decision. Mm. So do we wish this was built or do we wish it was not? You you go first. I always go first. 
I wish it was built because hmm. in this world, I don't care about uh, rock and roller coaster. Screw it. I don't care. And hmm. yeah, it might have gotten replaced eventually, but I think the ideas sound cool. So yeah, sorry, Steven Tyler. Sorry. Sorry to the bad boys of Boston, but I'm choosing Roger. He's cooler. Hmm. All right. Well, I will say, all I'll say is that in like a perfect world, I would say build it in Disneyland. Like, interesting. That's the thing. If if they were willing to commit to a full Toontown expansion in the Disneyland mm-hmm. style into Hollywood Studios, I would be more enticed. Because I feel what it's desperately missing in Hollywood Studios is thematic cohesion. Okay. Uh, in, in Toontown, I think it fits perfectly. In Hollywood mm-hmm. Studios, I'm a bit iffy. I, I guess I say, uh, for a business perspective and for the sake of... A rock and roller coaster, which I do actually think does what I think Hollywood Studios should do a little bit better um, than like the Toontown Transit. I would say hmm. don't build it I mean, it with a reservation it, on Baby Herman. I just, doesn't it still fit that? 30s 40s hollywood though i i think that the baby herman one totally does yeah but still the, like the toontown the cast, transit is just toontown so transit, but he's he's going to trying to make an addition and toontown was a thing in the film right but toontown i think that the problem is is that at the, for me at least the the breakdown that you talked about had too little of hollywood in la mm, and okay. too much of toontown so that like i feel like the the benef- the big thing the great part about toontown is it's, it's extravagant and odd and exotic Mm-hmm. But it's tucked away in a pocket on Griffith Park, right? Okay, like through the yeah. tunnel. I think that that's where the Baby Herman one is so successful because that takes place in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. just in a studio being run by animated babies mm-hmm. uh, or the animated baby in in on a set run by an animated baby. That I yeah. think would allow for that cohesion there. Okay. And I, I, although I think the Toontown Transit would be awesome in Disneyland. Like if I could go back in time and just say, mm-hmm. hey, in a couple of years, you'll have a place to put this. Oh, put it yeah. right there. <laughs> put it put it right in the middle, and uh, you don't have to build Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. <laughs> maybe that would go there, though, now that I maybe, think about it. Maybe. You know what? Never mind. Build it, because then we save the great movie ride. All right. There, there it go. is. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> All right, we did it. <laughs> Two hours later. I know. This is the longest episode of our show. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At 11.59 here. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you and everybody are uh, good and wanting to get on out and mosey on over to bed or work or whatever else they have to do. Uh, so we should probably conclude this thing. Mm. Um, is there anything else we want to say before we uh, check on out? That's all, folks. All right. So in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at UnbuiltPod. You can reach me at Open Mother's Mail, Ryan Dorman at Open the Dorman. Feel free to email us at UnbuiltPod at gmail.com and rate us on Stitcher, iTunes, and Anchor, wherever you find this podcast. Please write a review. Tell us how we're doing. Check out our Discord. You can, I'll send out the link again. Uh, but if you don't like us, thank you for listening to The Emperor's New Podcast. I'm Micah Hurst. See you guys. Goodbye. I realize I uh, just threw in there, like, by the way, like your your <laughs> mortality is real, and your favorite things are gonna go away. It's, it's true, but, but yeah. it's true, yeah. yeah.